Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress.
speak to me. Sinners have soul too. scene near the end of Steven Spielberg's 1985 winter blockbuster, Color Purple, the character Suge Avery is in a soul-searching rendition of a gospel song called God is trying to tell you something. The song begins with the deep melodic line, Speak, Lord. And as the slow, rhythmic drone increases in speed and intensity, we can see the seemingly complicated an unsolvable issue 
and the lives of Suge and others being worked out by a power much higher than themselves. It seems just as the song implies, God is speaking and trying to tell us something. It doesn't matter who we are, where we live, but God is trying to tell us something. The character Suge Avery in the color purple can be described as a prodigal daughter. Suge is portrayed as a woman of the world who loves to party, loves to dress, and loves, loves to flirt with men all day, all night. Suge's father is a town preacher, can you imagine? Is disappointed at Suge's decision to be a traveling blues singer. And he is also appalled at her personality and her behavior and her being so promiscuous, Kelly, in the neighborhood. You know how people talk. Like most girls, Suge longs for a relationship with her father. Her father, however, reacts as if his daughter is completely lost. And he does not even look at her, her way to acknowledge her or be present when she returns to town with her old flame, Albert. All of you remember Albert, right? A wealthy, young widower. And before Suge's arrival, Albert, for convenience, had taken on a young woman named Celie, you know Celie, as his wife. And although he tries to cater to Suge's every whim, Albert abuses Celie and forces her to clean house and care for his unruly children. Let the church say amen. In a passionate sequence near the end of Spielberg's film, we see Suge performing in a juke junk. In other words, it could be called a bar, owned by Harpo, the eldest son of Albert, a.k.a. Mr. Suge is performing a soulful and sensuous song called Sista. Not S-I-S-T-E-R, but S-I-S-T-A, Sister. Can you repeat after me? Sister, that's right which he aimed at raising the self-confidence of Celie, who had now become a close friend to Suge. Imagine this, Albert is sleeping with Suge. He married Celie, and now Celie and Suge becomes friends. Hallelujah, church. Members in the church congregation can hear the music coming from the bar and subsequently suggest that their choir should sing the anointed song, God, is trying to tell you something. The lesson I gather from that is it doesn't matter what juke junk we're in, it doesn't matter, you know, what jazz club, it doesn't matter what casino you in. If God wants to get your attention, God will get your attention. And they said that because of the song being anointed is that the pastor had to turn to the choir and say, God is trying to tell you something. And as the church choir begins to sing the song, God is trying to tell you something, the impactful melody and lyrics flow out of the church and inundate the whole area of Harpo. You see, the church is still vibrant. The church still has a calling because when the church is worshiping God, the church has the power to move beyond these walls so that we can tell a lost world that God is trying to tell you something. The sound causes the singing and revelry of the juke junk to cease and tugs at the very heart of self-confessed singing jazz artist Shook. Have you ever been in a place that you know you shouldn't have been? Have you ever been in a place where you hope nobody sees you because you should not be there? 
Have you ever been in a place when somebody shows up who knows you, James, and they look at you and they go, I thought you were, you over here? Sometimes we got to realize is that God shows up in all places where we go because we are children of God. Don't run to the restroom or put your head under the table. Just go on and say, I've been exposed by the living God. God seems to be speaking through the song, and as the anointing of the song overwhelms Shug, she can feel and hear the calling to make amends with God herself and her father. One of the things that I notice here is that the song was anointed. That's why we can't sing any song. That's why we have to prepare for worship and let the Holy Spirit lead us in worship. Because if everything is not ordained by God, it doesn't change the lives of God's people. They said the song was so powerful, Kelly, that Shug and everybody in the juke junk stood up. They had to stop singing the worldly song. And when she hears an anointed song coming from her father's nearby church, the sound of an anointed song comes from a nearby church, causing the band to stop playing. You ever been in the, that place where the band stops playing? And so the band and all of the people in the juke junk cannot help but pay attention to the powerful melody and lyrics of the anointed song that is coming out of the little country church. She'll continue to sing, but the anointing is so strong on the song that she cannot continue to sing what she wants to sing. She is forced to stop and listen to what the word of the song cascading from the church are saying. You see, it was time for Shug to be saved. It was time for Shug to be reunited with her father. It was time for Shug to realize that there was nothing for her in the world, and God was trying to give her everything she needed in her father in that little church. So as the song, God is trying to tell you something, continues to play everyone suddenly with Shug leading the way. In God good? You can be a great sinner in the world, and God will forgive you and let you lead the way. Isn't it God good that God doesn't expose us, but God lifts us up? So Shug was leading the way and making a straightway path toward the church. You've seen the movie. Look at it closely again. Shug cannot help from being drawn to her father's church, from where the anointed song, God is trying to tell you something, is emanating. Shug cannot help from being drawn to her father's church, Unable to resist the anointing, Shug rushes into her father's church, passionately singing the words of the song. And as if he hears God telling him to do so, her father openly accepts and recognizes her. I'm wondering during this pandemic, is God trying to tell us something? I'm wondering if God is resetting all of our time clocks and resetting our time in our life so that we can begin to look at who God really is. I'm wondering if we on shelter in place because we need to hear from God. I'm hearing the word on the street is there's more, there's more time for praying now because there are not any places you can go. There's more time now to call people who have blessed your life because you have more time than you ever thought you'd have. Hallelujah. You see, God is a God of great timing. God is a God of perfect timing. And suddenly realizing their lost relationship had been found, Suge and her daddy embraced with tears of forgiveness. And as the songs anointing church every heart, God reveals that he is able to speak to all humankind. And so seemingly unsolvable issues in the lives of many. Who is it that you need to be reconciled with? 
Who is it that you need to call and say, I'm just sorry, I messed up? Who is it that you stepped over when you shouldn't have, and now you just need to go back and say, I was wrong in the name of Jesus. So I believe some of the benefits we're getting now from our shelter in place is that there is some cleanup we need to do in our own homes, in our own hearts. There's some things that we need to clean up, and God was trying to tell the pastor to love and forgive his daughter. How can you be the pastor and not be a forgiving human being? Because God wants you to give whatever you receive. If you receive forgiveness, you ought to give forgiveness. If you receive love, you ought to give some love. God was trying to tell Shug to change her ways. She had given enough to the world. It was time for her to celebrate him and to be faithful. God is speaking to all of us right now. And as we make our way through COVID-19, and we make our way through this period of silence and wonder, I believe that God is trying to tell all of us something. I believe God is helping us to see that you don't have what you have because you're that smart. You don't have what you have because you've been perfect. You have what you have and you are what you are because I am a gracious God. I am a merciful God. I am a forgiving God. And that's the whole story in chapter 9 is that Israel finally, they finally confessed all of their sins and realized that the only gift they could give God was truth and change their ways. The ultimate purpose of all revelation from God is so that human beings can have a personal relationship with their creator. The Bible speaks of a God not only exists, he also personally involves himself in their lives. I'm so glad that God loves drunks. I'm so glad that God loves addicts. I'm so glad that God loves prostitutes. I'm so glad that God loves the homeless. I am so glad that God loves the cheaters. I, I'm so glad that God blesses the people who give nothing to his ministry at all. I, I'm so glad that people show up only when they need some help, and then they realize that they're going to go right back to the street. But I'm so glad that God will not allow us to act like them and to be like them. I am so glad that regardless of what I do in this human flesh, my God loves me, and my God will cleanse me, and my God will bless me. Consequently, we find in both Testaments the record of God making a personal appearance to individuals. Quite often, I hear individuals say that they don't know when God is speaking to them. And what I always say, and I say it right now, is that we all develop a language that we speak with God. And I don't know if God speaks with you through the trees, through a murmur, or a kick. I just don't know. But what I believe we're going to get out of the sheltering in place is that you ought to ask God, show me when you're speaking to me. Wake me up when you're speaking to me. Let me know that it's you, oh God, so that I won't make a bad decision. Noah revealed himself to God and told God, excuse me, God told Noah, I'm going to put an end to all the people, but the earth is filled with violence because of them. And I am surely going to destroy both them and earth. We need to know that God has an attitude. We need to know that God has priorities. We also need to know that God has standards. 
That's why we got to show up and give a thousand percent to God because God is already giving a thousand percent to us. Abraham, God revealed himself to Abraham on a number of occasions and God initially called him out of his own country. Imagine, the Lord said to Abraham, leave your country, your people and your father's household and go to the land I will show you. I have heard so many people say, I would not give up everything in my homeland go anywhere on a mystery trip with God. Well, that means you don't really trust God. If God tells you to get up and leave it and that I will take care of you and all of your inhabitants, I believe that you ought to get up and go. And some of us are stuck in places right now that we shouldn't be because God has given the directive for us to move out of that place. But we think we're brilliant and wise and we haven't moved on. Isaac, the son of Abraham, received a personal revelation from God. That night, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the God of your father, Abraham. Do not be afraid. Isn't it like God to introduce himself and say, I am with you. I will bless you and will increase the number of your descendants for the sake of my servant, Abraham. What I'm really saying, if God promised Grandma Leon something, that was for me. Grandma Leon is with the Lord, but I am counting on my blessings because God told Grandma Leon what, and if the truth be told, Grandma Leon told me these things before she ever left this earth. Baby, this is what God is going to do for you. Jacob had a personal visit from God on a number of occasions. There beside him stood the Lord and said, I am the Lord, your God of your father Abraham and God of... I love it when God introduces himself, when God says, you might not remember who I am, James Barbie, but I'm the one who gave you a birthday. I'm the one who gave you your sons. I'm the one who gave you your job. I bought that car. I'm the one that allowed you to be healthy and look 35 at 40. I am the one who lifts you up every day. I am the one that keeps you playing the drums in an anointed way so that my people can be happy in worship. It's time that we stop and ask God, show me where you are, Lord. If you don't know where God is in your life, you better get, you will be in the pandemic forever. But some of this time we ought to say, God, show me where you are. The Bible said that night that God appeared to Isaac, he said, I am the God of your father. I am the God of your faith. I am the God of your people. God appeared to Joseph. The Lord personally spoke to Joseph in a dream. Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. You can't be upset because people hate you. You can't be upset because people don't like you. Just go on in the name of Jesus and pray for them. Moses, God appeared to the deliverer Moses on numerous occasions. I like Moses. Moses was a, a man who was already speaking his mind. I can't do that. I don't want to go down to Pharaoh. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. But God set him straight and said, Moses, I am God. There are, there are the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire. Now, some of us are missing God because we're looking for a burning bush. Maybe God is not going to come through the burning bush. Maybe God is going to show up in the azalea next to your house. Maybe God is going to show up in the grocery store. Maybe God is going to show up while you are in a place you should not be and whisper in your ear, I'm with you all the way. Moses said to God, I suppose the Israelites should say to them, but don't be a wimp. If God calls you to sing, sing like you have the glory of Lord in your house. 
God talked with Moses as one of his friends. And today, I hope all of us have the experience of having an encounter with God. Gideon, the Lord, appeared to the judge Gideon. Now on the same night, the Lord said to him, one of my favorite stories, I love the story about Gideon, because Gideon always thought he had to have a mass in numbers. Remember the story in order to beat his enemies? Remember he started with 10,000 soldiers and God kept telling him that he had too many? Remember that God told him, go back and reduce the number again? He said, go back and you got to have them go to the water and the way they slap up the water will tell you who they are. You see, this is a miracle of nine. So what I'm saying is that if we can have worship like this with nine, what do you think we would do with 900? But we have to come into worship thanking God that, God, you lead worship. You tell us what to do. You tell us what to say. You tell us to raise up our hands. You tell us when to shout. Samuel, the prophet and judge, had a visit from the Lord when he was a young man. And it happened at that time as Eli was lying down in his place. Now his eyesight had begun to grow dim and he could not see well. And the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. And the word says is that the Lord called Samuel. The Lord called Gino. The Lord called Benita. The Lord called Kelly. The Lord called Connie. The Lord called Derek. The Lord called James. The Lord called Alex. The Lord called Brett Vincent and Rafer. God calls us to put us in position so that I, we can be a blessing to the kingdom. In the New Testament, Jesus spoke to Mary Magdalene. I want to leave the women out, right? Because Mary Magdalene, there was a man bands of women who ministered to Jesus and they were involved in his ministry. Paul, remember on the Damascus road, he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Even with crazy Peter, the Lord took the time to appear to him. Remember, he was arrogant. He was a know-it-all. He never listened. He, if that was trouble, Peter was around. He was just an but the Lord never gave up, up on him. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad God didn't give up on you when you were acting like you were insane? Peter replied, I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. And as the church, we need to understand that when God cleans people up, we need to accept that. We need to stop reminding them of what they used to be because eventually they'll go back to where they were rather than serve Almighty God. So find something good today to say. Find something encouraging to say to those who want to leave the world who want to come into the presence of the Lord. And finally, there was John. The apostle was on the Isle of Patmos, and the Lord revealed himself to him. And the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants, was must soon take place. He made it known that this is what I'm going to do, this is when, and this is how it's going to operate. So as we look back at biblical characters, it's important for us to remember that God shows up just when we need him most. God shows up when we cannot figure it out. And God shows up when we are so tired and cannot figure out what is our next move. 
Chapter 9 is one of the longest recorded prayers in the Bible, and the prayer has four components. The prayer is a revelation of Israel's history. The prayer is a reminder of God's faithfulness. If you go slowly through that chapter, you will see that Israel remembers all of the good things that God had done. The prayer is also a recall of Israel's failures. So I can't talk about your failures because I have a few of my own. I can't call you out because I haven't been right all the time. And finally, the conclusion of the prayer is a renewal of a covenant with God. And that's what we find in verse number 38. The people have been rejoicing at the completion of the wall and the reading of the word of God. And after three weeks, they return for future readings of God's word. They say in the Bible that they stood three or four hours and then they would stand again. I said, Lord, that wouldn't work now because after 50 minutes, my people are ready to move on. Come on now, wrap this up. But the more they heard God's word, the more they realized how distant they were from God and realized they needed to confess and repent. So what I'm saying to you is that hearing God's word is a blessing because the word convicts you and the word tells you that you messed up. I know you messed up, but you need to go on and confess. So what the Israelite teaches us is that don't try to lie to God and cover up your sins because God already knows. The best thing for you to do is say, I confess, Lord. I receive your forgiveness. I, I'm saying I won't do it again, but I said that eight times before. So, Lord, help me through this situation. You see, reconciliation in Christian theology is an element of salvation, and it refers to the results of atonement. Reconciliation is the end of estrangement caused by original sin between God and humanity. The Word says that, recon excuse me, Calvin describes reconciliation as the peace between humanity and God. Sometimes if you can't sleep at night, it might not be your dinner. It might be God's trying to tell you something. Sometimes if you just can't get your focus just right, maybe it's because God is trying to tell you something. And sometimes we just have to stop and pause and say, Lord, have mercy. Show me where you are, dear God, in this situation. Because God is a God of conviction. God is a God of revival. God is a God who celebrates when the people of God are in tune with God. The word of God had a profound impact on the people. It brought conviction of sin and confession, and the people spent at least three hours confessing. I look forward to the day when we can have an hour of confession. I look forward to the day when we can open the church and say, stay your six feet over there, but just tell us what you confess in the name of Jesus. I look forward to the day when we can be real with God. I, I look forward to the day when we show up to say, you know you're right, God, you caught me red-handed. I look forward to the day that we can celebrate an awesome God who forgives us. Oh, one of my favorite songs, number 51. David, they said, a man after God's own heart. David, a great warrior for God. David, king. David, that God had saved over and over and over again. How? could David commit adultery with Bathsheba? How could he do such a thing when we know what his relationship was with God? 
Well, the same applies to us. Why do you do what you do? Why do you do what you do when you have a relationship with God? But David had the presence of mind to say, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love and according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions. Wash them away, oh God, in iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. Can you really truthfully ask God to cleanse you of your sins? David said, for I know my transgression. I don't need you to read my inventory of sins. I know exactly what they are. And David is saying, and I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me and against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. Finally, in verse number 10, David says, and this is my prayer for the church, create in me a pure heart. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me and restore to me the joy of your salvation. If worship doesn't get it for you anymore, maybe you need to pray for restoration. And maybe it's time for ask God to restore you. If nothing makes you happy or feel like shouting and everything, is, it's all right. How is this? It's okay. How is this? It's all right. Well, maybe you need to be revived. Maybe you're not alive spiritually at all. And what David helps us to understand is that we can be a blessing to God when we can confess who we really are and ask God to clean us up so that we might use, be used for his glory. The prayer covers four areas. There's a prayer of adoration, there's a prayer of thanksgiving, a prayer of reflection, and there's a prayer of request. I will be happy when we move from prayers of request. I will be happy when we grow enough that we can start praising God for what has already been done. Because what Israel realized when they went back and they went over the history, they realized how faithful God had been and how they had complained about everything. This prayer builds into a climax, and now the focus is once again on the confession of sin. God is just, say it, God is just in all his dealings with men. However, you are just in all that has come upon us, but you have dealt faithfully, but we have acted wickedly. So the Israelites were saying, we confess. You sent manna from heaven, and we complain. Moses is up on the mountain with you, and there we are at the foot of the mountain. You told us to just wait at the foot of the mountain. When he gets back, there you are with a, with a golden calf. You are down there. You're supposed to be worshiping God. Moses, the man of God, is on the mountain with God to get direction from you, and you are so distracted that you make a golden calf? Well, we can't pick on Israel all the time. Some of us have golden calves. Some of us have idols that keep us away from God. Some of us have distractions in our lives which do not allow us to worship God in spirit and in truth. So over and over again, the failure of Israel was matched by a new outpouring of the grace of God. How true that is in our lives as well. God shows us in this chapter the picture of God's faithfulness. Can anybody witness, bear witness to God's faithfulness right now? Can anybody give a testimony that God is a faithful God? Can anybody raise a holy hand and say, I was down and out, but it was God who raised me up? 
anybody been sick and the doctor said you on your deathbed, you might not make it, but because God is God, you got up and you walked away. So we have to understand, I had an interesting experience. I have a pastor friend who's been very sick. She was in the neuro ICU unit of the hospital. And the doctor spoke with the daughter. And the doctor said, it doesn't look good. We've done all we can do. It doesn't look good. You ought to make some plans, but it doesn't look good. Now, this is on the phone because you can't go to the hospital. So the daughter said to me that she told the doctor that's not acceptable, that I know a living God. I know a God of faithfulness, grace, and mercy. And my mother's destiny is not based on what you think medically. My mother's destiny is in the hands of Almighty God. So every day she would send a report to tell us what to pray for. And every day she would tell us the progress that her mother made. God was so good that God planted a nurse in the ICU unit who happened to love the Lord. And one day, the doctor came at a different time, and the daughter got to talk with the nurse. The nurse gave her her mother's vital signs. Her, the nurse gave her all the evidence that she needed so that we would know how to pray. So I'm sharing this story with you. You can trust God or you can trust man. You have to make up your mind that God is a faithful God. And it doesn't matter about her, her mother being in neuro ICU. God is everywhere. And God was trying to tell her, she belongs to me. She does not belong to the enemy. She belongs to me. And yesterday, God raised her up out of her bed and took her to rehab. The ventilator is gone. The feeding tube is gone. The medication is gone. Her kidneys are working. Her lungs are working. Her heart is working. Because the daughter said, I know a living God. And God was trying to tell her something. Uh, you don't need the doctor in ICU. You need somebody who knows Jesus. You need somebody who's willing to give you a word of encouragement. You need somebody who spends some Holy Ghost time with Jesus. And you need to have somebody around you who can say, I'm looking at what you're looking, but God is still God. Hallelujah. It's time for revival in God's church. And it's time for us to get excited about what God is doing. So yesterday the daughter called me and she said, I want you to speak loudly so mama can hear your voice. I want you to speak loudly. And I want to tell mama, you tell mama how much you love her. I want you to speak louder and let her know that God is a strong deliverer. So I'm here to tell you that only God can fix our situations. Only God can fix our minds. Only God can raise the dead. Only God can set us free. God is trying to tell us something. And Jesus said, Behold, I stand, Jesus, at the door and knock. I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and opens the door, oh my God, I will come into him 
and I will sup with him, and he will be with me forever, 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 and ever, and ever, and ever. God is trustworthy, and God deserves our praise, our honor, and our glory. And Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners like me, of whom I am the worst. But thank God for Jesus, I can say that I'm a child of the King. And this is not the end of my story. My heart's desire that everyone will know somebody in ICU who can remind you that God is still God. Because there's going to be time in our lives when we don't think there is any possibility. So I thank God for those who listen to the voice of God. It is my blessing to extend the invitation to Christian discipleship. One of the great honors I have as a pastor is to give the invitation to those who do not know Jesus. That you confess with your mouth and God will give you forgiveness. And the only thing we have to do is ask the Lord to come into our hearts take complete control of my life. You see, Suge needed to let God take care of her life so that she could serve Almighty God. And the Lord came in and did take complete control of my life. And the Lord helped me to see who I can be in Christ Jesus. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, stand before Almighty God. Church God is trying to tell us something.